So uh, I first became a Christian in September of 2015, and before that, I went to I, I grew up in a small town and called myself a Christian. I grew up in a in a Lutheran household. Uh, my mom was Lutheran, and I kind of had this childhood understanding that God was someone that uh, you said that you believed in, and you would show up to church and learn about him. But honestly, I wouldn't really learn anything. Uh, I kind of just go there, and. Uh, and that was kind of my only perspective of what it meant to have a relationship with God. And so my whole life leading up to when I actually became a Christian, it was very distant and misunderstood. Um, and, and because of that, I kind of ended up living this life that really pursued what the world told you would fill you up. Um, so things like partying, uh, relationships with girls, uh, sports, school, a career. Um, I really wanted to be an architect. And I just really thought that, like, if I pursued these things, if I chose what the world said would would make you feel fulfilled or happy, that that I would then feel that. Um, but there was a point my freshman year of college, I ended up staying at a community college my first year, and all those things kind of just left. Like, I, I, I didn't have any sports. I didn't have friends. They all went to different colleges. Um I didn't really want to party anymore because I didn't want to go to high school parties. Uh, I was in college now. Um, and all I actually really had was a relationship with a girl who was still in high school. And uh, that relationship was pretty toxic uh, looking back. Um, and it all kind of boiled down to the summer in between my freshman year of college and my sophomore year of college where um, all my friends came back. And I ended up – I was pretty in a pretty depressive state and ended up getting a, pretty heavy into, into drinking and um, just kind of watch my life kind of fade down into this like one boiling point where uh, I, I went to this party. My, my girlfriend of that time had slept with this other guy and I was heading off to school soon. And so it kind of saw boil down to this point where I just was like, I'm going to get trashed and I'm just going to have a good time and I'm going to try and sleep with, this, with, with, with whoever's there. Um, and ended up blacking out and ended up in my bed 15 miles away from this party uh, in my, in, in my a bed, like a pool of my own vomit. Um, I had been, you know, so drunk that I just threw up and threw up in my sleep and had to go to the hospital because I had alcohol poisoning and um, kind of just had this point where I was like, well, what, what am I doing? You know, all these things that I thought were going to fill me up uh, didn't. And, and so that's when I really kind of started thinking about who God was and and maybe that I'd maybe seen him wrong or, or viewed him wrong growing up. And so uh, transferred schools to uh, CU Denver and started to do Bible studies. Um, and the study that I would say altered my view of God and actually helped me get to the point where I am now where I actually made him Lord, Lord was that was the sin study. And uh, specifically, it was Romans 6.23. It talks about, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And I felt like that scripture had described everything leading up to that point, that, that I had done nothing but build up types of death in my life. All my relationships were broken. Uh, didn't have a relationship with my dad. Uh, had, a, had a huge breakup with my girlfriend at the time. Um, you know, I had emotional death. I was super depressed that whole summer. And, and I was feeling hopeless and lost. And, and that, so that, that first part of that scripture, the way to sin to death, was, was so true to me. It made so much sense. 
that when I read the second half, the gift of God is eternal life. Like God gifts you the exact opposite, that he gives you everything that is the opposite of all the things that I felt growing up, you know, that, that he would just give that to me freely through Jesus. Um, it like, it like shocked me. It like hit me in my core. It made me like reconsider these Bible studies altogether because, you know, I was just there to show up. And then after that study, I was like, I need, I, I need to do this as much as I can. I actually got to, I actually got to change. I actually got to figure out my life and, um, you know, started studying the Bible multiple times a week. Uh, you know, actually started reading the Bible every day, starting to cut out sin. Uh, yeah, I got baptized in, in 2015. So. Welcome back to the Road Podcast. This is Perry Tong, and I'm joined by my good friend Karin. How you doing, everybody? Uh, that was Turner Glissman uh, sharing his testimony and a defining point in his relationship with God. Uh, for those of you who don't know Turner, he uh, helps lead the campus ministry here at the University of Kansas. Uh, he is a great friend of mine. Um, he's uh, deep in biblical knowledge and... Uh, he can definitely catch a football. So uh, along with being able to tell a story, Turner, thanks for sharing so vulnerably, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. Dude, so um, our, our production here, The Road Podcast, uh, it's based off of a scripture in Judges where it, it says that um, it's pretty much talking about how as we walk along this road of life, uh, God has blessed us with different people that we can hear uh, tell about the victories that he's blessed them with. Um, and I, I, I think it's such a privilege, dude, because just hearing your story, it, it, it's an inspiration. But it also, even when you read, when you referenced the scripture, Romans 6, 23, it even made me think about all the different ways that I'd experienced that as well. And so, um, you know, namely, though, for you, as you were sharing, you said that you... Um, you woke up in a pretty compromised situation. You could say so. Um, <laughs> what about that pushed you towards a relationship with God instead of repeating that over and over again? Uh, great question. Um, I think I, because of the state that I was in, because I had lost so much, I felt like there was like nowhere else to go. You know, like I, I felt like everything the world kind of told me to pursue, like kind of had, had failed me that I'm like, well, I can't, I can't go pursue sports because I'm not like, 
you know, I'm not good enough or I can't, you know, I'm, I'm already in school and that's great, but I, I'm just not really fulfilling me in the same way that I thought it would. Um, obviously just had a breakup in a relationship. Um, my friends after that party specifically did not like me because of what I did when I blacked out. Um, and, and so it was almost at this point where I was like, well, like, what other choice do I have? What else am I actually going to pursue? Um, and there, I mean, in high school, like I, I pursued God like a little bit, like I, I went to church every once in a while. I had this guy named Justin Brandt. He was my youth group leader, this group that I go to every once in a while. And he would speak these kind of truths into me, like, dude, you should, you should read your Bible. You should, you should try and repent of these things. And I would like not really listen to him. And he was kind of the person that came into my mind when I was in that moment because I had nowhere else to go, because I was like, okay, maybe God's the answer. Because he had talked to me previously, I, I, you know, I just, I literally, I called him and I said, bro, I need to have breakfast, breakfast with you. And, uh, you know, he sat down and he, that's, that's where he kind of guided me to find a church group and do Bible studies. So that's awesome, man. Have you ever reconnected with him now that you're kind of down the road in your faith? Yeah, so every time I go to Eagle, we, we find a way to connect. Uh, usually at dinner at his house. Um, he's got like seven kids, uh, so we all, we all have a good time. But uh, I most recently connected with him at a memorial. Uh, we sat there and talked for what felt like hours, but it was probably 45 minutes. And, uh, yeah, I just reconnected, told him I was doing, told him I was doing ministry, you know. And, I, you know, I told him how much he impacted me. Like, he was a huge reason why I was even in that place. So. Totally. Totally. That's awesome. And I'm sure that even when you were lying there, uh, you know, uh, I think the last thing that you thought you would become would be a campus minister. Totally. Mm -hmm. Didn't, yeah, had no idea this is what my future would hold. Sure. Yeah. So when you were, you were recounting that, that, that story and you said you, you woke up after you blacked out and you thought to yourself that maybe I had the wrong idea of God. So... You know, I think for for me that begs the question: What was your idea of God beforehand? Maybe you said it a little bit, but like elaborate a yeah. bit how you grew up Lutheran as well. Yeah. So my my idea of God was I said a little bit, but even more so like when when I would go to church as a kid, like basically from the age of of zero to to thirteen, when you get confirmed in the Lutheran religion, um, I would I would go to church every Sunday. Um, and so I would go to church and I would be super bored, would not listen to any of these lessons. Uh, and then we would go home and, and we wouldn't do anything, right? We wouldn't mm -hmm. pray before meals. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't talk about God. We wouldn't, you know, try and have these, these conversations about what it means to have a relationship with God. It was literally, for me, just go to church, call yourself a Christian, and that's it. And so God was so distanced from me, like, that... You know, it was kind of just a title almost. Like I just yeah. called myself a Christian because I because I grew up in it. Yeah, yeah. So like, would you say like it was even hard to like conceptualize who God was? Yeah, more so because I didn't even care to. Like, you know what I mean? Because yeah. I didn't even know that like you you should as a Christian. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because like I think a lot of what you share, and I don't know, everyone's trajectory is a bit different, but I feel like that zero to 13 phase is like, you're, you're going off your parents a lot, what they do. I mean, you have to, you're a kid. And then like 13 to 
however long after that, like call the high school, college phase, like it feels like you're, you're, you're exploring stuff for yourself, right? Like you're kind of not interested in anything religious. I don't, I meet very few high schoolers <laughs> that are just flat out interested in something religious. And then you kind of came back in that college phase and got reached out to, which mm-hmm. is cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, so you grew up in Colorado. Yes, sir. What was that like? Uh, Colorado. So I grew up in a small town in Colorado. So I, you like rode horses and yeah, that's exactly lived what we did in Colorado. Like, what was that? Skiing would be a better would be a better stereotype. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I did ski growing up, um, snowboarded actually, um, which was great. You know, it's a privilege not everyone gets to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually have. Uh, you know, if you if you work at a company in where I'm from, that one of the benefits of that company is your family gets ski passes, and so. Okay. Uh, yeah, we go up every weekend ski. I quit when I was probably a freshman in high school, though. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, growing up in Colorado, I imagine Big Nuggets fan. Yes, sir. Rockies. Yes, sir. You got to be a diehard Broncos fan. I am now. That's uh... wait. What do you mean now? Yeah. What? Well, I uh, so personally, my 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 true allegiance is to Nebraska Cornhuskers. Uh, my dad grew up in Nebraska, and so okay. every Saturday, me and my dad and my little brother would watch Nebraska football. And so I really didn't pay attention to the NFL growing up. Um, uh, but, you know, moving out here to Kansas City, I feel like I needed to stay true to my roots. So I uh, bought myself a Broncos shirt, and I'm, I'm sticking with it. Well, you know, if you can take anything from Drake, uh, I love Drake. Uh, by the way, but if you can take anything from him, it's that all you need to do to become a fan is buy a shirt of that team. So, right. True. Well, step one complete. Yeah. Bought complete. the shirt. You're mm-hmm. now you're a diehard fan. Yeah. So what what else do you need? Well, and it helps you from there. But yeah. Um, how did I guess so? You're doing ministry now. How has, uh, how has your walk with God ever since that point in time that you shared in your, in your open there? How how has it grown to inspire this? passion for ministry and and what sustains you as you continue in ministry mm-hmm. good question i feel like that's always changing i feel like my reasons for doing ministry initially are very different than they are now um honestly my my, my first desire to do ministry came from just seeing the need um, i remember being at this lesson in austin and they were talking about how there's just there's a huge need that there's People in, in the, there's churches all over the world that needed people to lead. They needed ministers. They needed church leaders. And um, and I was like, man, like I have to, I have to at least consider it, you know. So kind of yeah, gained this totally. conviction of, I mean, I personally believe that every person that calls themselves a disciple should have a moment where they consider ministry because mm-hmm. the need is so high. Yeah. Um, but anyways, ignited by that need. Um, talked to this guy named Rick Romano who he's the guy who studied the Bible with me he's my best friend uh you know he he discipled me for a really long time uh told him I wanted to be you know consider doing ministry and he told me to do just just pretend that you are you know you're in school just pretend you're doing ministry what would a minister do with his day well show your faith study the Bible with people disciple people you know at its at its foundation and so that's what I did um and that's where I probably found more of the love that I have now, which is watching people change. Like what I love about ministry is that you get a front row seat of, of God changing people. Mm-hmm. Like these miracles every day that we get to see someone repent or someone change their life completely 
and and go down this new trajectory and you get to watch them go down this trajectory uh one of the first guys that i met studied the bible with this baptized discipled after got married uh a year ago and you know just being at that in that wedding and watching him with his with his now wife on the you know during their wedding it's like you know it's just there's nothing like it there's nothing like watching god change people's lives you know Mm -hmm. and so the fact that you as a minister you get to play a role in that and and just watch it happen uh you know it's inspiring keeps you going um the needs obviously still there um but but yeah sure so you shared kind of what rick had shared with you um and i i think karn and i's vision for this project is that it it extends to uh people that are on this journey with god from all walks of life Mm -hmm. Uh, it could be people who are old in their faith, young in their faith, who are serving in different roles in the church or um, just living this daily discipleship with God. Uh, I, I think you bring a unique perspective because you do serve in the ministry mm-hmm. and you are on staff. Yep. Um, and it's it's a privilege, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I can, I can kind of, I can uh, really relate to you i think something because it it relates not just to helping somebody become a christian but helping a young christian become a great leader Mm -hmm. yeah and there's a chance that there's somebody out there listening to our podcast right now who has a heart to go into leadership who who wants and sees a need to lead god's people and to help them grow deeper and to be built up Mm -hmm. like paul says yeah what would a word of advice be for a young leader who's aspiring to join the ministry? Yeah, um, that's a great question. You know, I think that at the end of the day, leaders in God's church are the ones who serve and the ones that, that are willing to do the hard work. I think a lot of times we can um, want the glory, you know, want the glory of standing up on stage, want the glory of, you know, being the leader, but but that's not that's not what God needs in a leader. God needs someone that's willing to hit the pavement, that's willing to have these long conversations with people late at night, to to cry with people, to pray for people, to pray with people, to to have endless conversations that end the same way on campus or or at a grocery store or at a park like he needs people that's actually going to be willing to go out and, and put some work in and serve their community. And so if I could give advice to any young leader, it would be to to do the work that you already know you should do. You know, mm-hmm. like don't stop. Don't aspire to be great and skip all the stuff that happens in the middle where, where you're where you're reaching out to people, where you're discipling people. Because that, because that should never stop to us for us as leaders. That should be something that's always at the forefront mm-hmm. of what we do. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Amen, man. Reminds me of uh, how in Zechariah four it says, "Do not despise the day of small things." Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that. That's a that's a recent scripture that kind of popped up in a in a sermon out here in Lawrence. But it's also something that um, has allowed me to really appreciate. Uh, I think even my own growth in my own ministry in my career i guess whatever you would call it um because it's definitely not something you see initially uh so i appreciate you sharing that Mm -hmm. um totally yeah 
All right, let me let me ask you this, and this one might be a thinker for a minute, um, but take a second, visualize where you, if you weren't in the like full time ministry, um, because you know as uh, as me personally not being in ministry anymore, like it, it's it's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. That's that's just totally. that's just the truth. Um, there's always going to be a need though. But where would your discipleship be? Where do you think your discipleship would be? Where would you be without full-time ministry? Great question. Um, so I, I, I don't think it's that hard for me to know. I, I definitely think I'd be a teacher. I mm. definitely think I'd work in a high school. I'd be a science teacher. Um, I believe that's where I can have my greatest impact. Um, and I think something that was really similar to ministry and teaching that fuels me is just, you know, building relationships and, and helping the youth, helping the young. Yeah. Um, and so I'd, I'd totally be teaching. Um, I don't know where I'd be teaching, but I know I would be. Um, but, yeah, I, yeah, I totally think that, out like, people who aren't in ministry are just, are, you know, are if not more important than the ministers because you guys are the ones that are going out and making whatever you do your ministry, you know? Mm-hmm. So if I was, if I was a teacher, that would be my place to go and, 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 you know, start a youth group at that high school or to share with the teachers or to, um, you know, be more involved in my community as, as a teacher. So, um, but yeah, maybe, maybe one day I will be, I don't know. We'll see. You never know. Never know. Um, and then, like, another thing you, you said, like, in your word of advice is, like, the, there, there's there's the glory side of leadership, but that that's not the side that God focuses on. Mm-hmm. That's the side that, like, I think we can focus on. We could I find ourselves in that trap. I, I found myself in that trap before. But master the fundamentals, mm-hmm. right? Like, so I, I like to think about, like, per- Perry gave the scripture. I think like I like to visualize like I see the Kyrie ad all the time where he's he's standing on the ba- uh, two basketballs and yeah. he's like dribbling them really other two more basketballs really close. So like how would you encourage people to like I'm trying to formulate this question. So people that view like the glory side first mm-hmm. and aspire to that. How would you help like correct that line of thinking like what would you give to correct that line of thinking because it, it feel like it comes so naturally to think about the glory first even though you're you're not trying to mm-hmm. right so like what, what would you kind of like use to direct that line of thinking yeah i think that's a very challenging uh aspect of our character that, that we all that we all mm-hmm. have to oh constantly working at like i wouldn't say i'm a person that you know Obviously, I there's a part of me that has that same mm-hmm. desire to of, of the glory, um, and there's parts of that that you know maybe isn't inherently bad, like yeah. you know that that you know to be lifted up, to be encouraged, to be um, you know on stage and and, pe- and having respect and mm-hmm. um, love from the people that you lead, like that we see that in the Bible, um, but but not getting caught up in it, not letting it rule you not mm-hmm. letting that idea of how people view you um influence the way that you you know are motivated or, or work yeah. you know so um the it, i'd say it's just more so a constant battle and, and self-check mm-hmm. um you know 
me and Pear at this uh, this leadership little training time on Saturday, and it, that this idea of being self-aware and, and knowing your heart, knowing your mind, and being willing to uh, decipher and, and kind of sift through these these prides that we can sometimes let build up in our heart. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think more than anything, you, you, you have to learn to be self-aware and just know that, you know, times that you're going to be glorified by, by people, like having the heart that you know it's going to happen, but but that's not why you do it. Yeah. Or, um, you know, not seeking to be glorified. That's something I have to wrestle with all the time, but it's yeah. it's a mindset. It, it's just being really really self-aware of, of where your, your thoughts are leading you. Yeah, yeah, totally 100% agree with that one. Um, all right, another one I have. So, you know, you've described your walk with God, your testimony, um, if you, you could share, you could share these, uh, like detail by detail if you want. Um, or you could share generally like everyone in their walk with God. I think we go through defeats. I think in fact, the defeats are almost amplified more because, you know, there's forces here that don't want us to walk with God, mm-hmm. uh, that don't want us to have this relationship with God, this victory with God. What are some defeats if you want to share or how have you and how have you conquered them have you used them as fuel to motivate you keep you going um or just pick yourself up true yeah i feel like i've had uh many defeats um constantly having defeats even you know this week there's there's all these little small losses that happen in throughout anyone's day um some bigger ones uh, I so before I was here in Lawrence, I led the campus ministry in Boulder, Colorado, for uh, almost two years. Um, in that time was uh, well, COVID. COVID was basically that entire time. I had yeah. one semester that was normal, and and all the rest of the semesters were were COVID. And uh, I remember my it it, it was the fall that was normal. My my first kind of fall in. In campus ministry full time. Um, just this idea of like personal fruit, like of actually like meeting people, sending the mm-hmm. Bible to people, um, watching people become Christians, uh, just didn't really happen my first semester in full time ministry. And outside of that, there was multiple guys in this ministry that were kind of wavering in their faith. And so I kind of like halfway through the semester, just felt really defeated and what I did with that defeat was I got really insecure and so I would begin to like like spin truths I'd be like oh no we got these bible studies and they're going okay and these guys are doing fine you know so I didn't want people to know that my ministry was doing like that it was like failing right Mm -hmm. um and it kind of just all boiled down to this conversation um that I had with Brian Campbell who now leads the ministry uh, a region in Boston but he was my campus leader at that time and he kind of just like he likes we had a phone call and he could tell that I was just being super like like I wasn't being very truthful and I was kind of being like short worded. He could tell my pride was flaring up and he kind of just took the whole conversation. He just stops and he talked about how my my pride, my my view of defeat, like me, like me hiding my defeats had had brought me to this point where where no one could help me hmm. ride hard in my heart so hard that. Like no one could actually speak truth or give me thoughts because I was so like wound up and, and, and trying to hide everything. Yeah. 
Um, and so I just remember sitting in my car after that conversation and kind of feeling like this ultimate defeat, right? Because I'd already been having all these losses that I can't control, but because I handled these losses the wrong way, it led to a much bigger defeat because I didn't grow at all mm-hmm. in my leadership for those you know, four months because I was so prideful. Yeah. Um, and, and so it kind of was a very humbling moment. And from that point on, it, ha- it, you know, it, it made me, it forced me to handle my defeats with honesty. Like I, to me, my biggest, my biggest weapon against defeat and helping it grow my relationship with God is being honest about it and being really real about where, how, what defeats happened and, and what it made me feel and where is it taking me and, and talking to people about it um, and talking to God about it mm-hmm. um, in, in order to actually grow from it. Yeah. 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 I, I totally appreciate that. I think, I think we all can sometimes like wrap a web of flies around our, ourself and uh, it, 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 our public self and our private self, they, they just don't match up then. And it's like, you're living like two different personalities. So I, I appreciate you sharing that. Like being honest is definitely the way to melt all that, mm-hmm. uh, and turn a defeat into a victory in a sort of way. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really interesting point. Um, and as you're talking, it's even making me think about how have I grown in my leadership and, and where has my perspective had to change uh, in the short time that I have been in leadership? And uh, it's, it's, the, it's so much Satan that he, he, he wants to take uh, the way God intended for certain things to be and twist it and, you know, lead us into what we think God intends it to be. But it's really just Satan working. And I, as you're talking, it I think it shows just such a need for not even just leaders, but God's people to be fully reliant on his word. Mm. Um, and it sounds like what you're saying is that uh, how you've grown in your leadership, it, it's it's being able to take your perspective off of what you think and off of what you see and really trying to chase after what does God see. Um, and I, I think that's really inspirational. Uh, I think it's something that is difficult. I think it, 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 creates a, it, it creates a need for pause in our lives, you know, in a day-to-day sense, because I think we definitely need to, we, we feel like we need to act sometimes. And if you're listening, you may feel that way as well. Um, and hopefully if you can take anything from what Turner is saying, it's that if you want to grow in your relationship with God, whether you're in ministry or not, it starts with chasing after how does God see things as opposed to how do you see them. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and this is why I really appreciate you hopping on, dude, because I think that even being your friend for such a short time, that's that's something that I can take away from you uh, uh you may not always get it right i may not always get it right but i think that you have a heart to always chase after and see what god sees in any given situation so um i think as we wrap up here uh dude what what do you see in the next five years of your life uh getting married getting married baby. that first yes, <laughs> i do get married uh january um, 
uh, I, w- I would love to, to lead a, a small church. I think I, I've been in a big church. I've been in a small church now. Um, and I, I love uh, the, just the, the community, the love, the, the change, the culture that a, that a small church brings. Obviously, I'm humble to any, anything, but I, I would love to uh, lead a small church somewhere that has a campus ministry that uh, you know, I can still impact campus students for the next five years. Um, and, and, and work my way into adults, work my way into a larger community outside of campus um, as, I, as I get older and be, being able to broaden my impact, if you will. Um, so it's, it's not just these, these college students, but adults, teens, uh, you know, young professionals. Uh, and, and yeah, just continue to bring impact to each community that I get into. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that has been put in my heart the last year and a half is is churches need to have a, a deep impact on their community. They need mm-hmm. to be able to, you know, it's this idea is is if the church left your community, would would your community actually even know? Yeah. Um, and so trying to to find ways and build ways where, you know, you can you can bring the body of Christ into and have impact in, in the in the whole community. So. Would love to see that in the next five years. Would love to bring that somewhere, whether it's here or somewhere else. Um, but you know, just just starting off my career and and, and building off building up a, a small church. Amen. Cool. Karin, do you have any uh, closing questions? Yeah. Uh, one last thing. So Lawrence, Kansas, is it better than Colorado? Is it everything you hoped for and more? That's a tough question. I mean, he did get engaged here. So yeah, you know, uh, I think they both have, they each have their own awesome parts oh, that gosh. I really enjoy. Can't I can't actually say I would love one more than the other. One's where I'm from. It's hard to say. It's hard to say that one's better than the place you, you're born in. So, um, I, I do love it here. I do love the people here. So that's the peacemaker's answer. That's right. Man, amen. So. Turner, thanks again, dude, for hopping no on. Problem. Yeah. Um, really appreciate your perspective. Appreciate all the thoughts that you brought to our podcast today. Uh, in closing, this is the Road Podcast, uh, and, and we believe that as we build up in our faith, that it is instrumental that we have the impact of others on that building process. And hopefully, as you're listening, you can. Take something from this today that will encourage you towards growth in your relationship with God. Um, you can follow the podcast as Instagram at road.podcast. You can follow myself and Karin on Instagram as well. You can find us via the Road Podcast Instagram page. And as always, our project is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for tuning in and can't wait to see you guys next time. Take it easy.